Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota, and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law. And the Real Estate Radio Hour. Yes, indeed. We're back at it welcoming your real estate questions by phone or by text, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. Chris and Andy in studio. As usual, how has the week been since we spoke last? Well, it ended really nice. We had our preferred home team beach bash yesterday up on uh, Mitchell Lake and Big Lake, and it was uh, overcast, but lots of fun. Did you have lots of Kool-Aid? Uh, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> That's good. Don't, yeah, we had a good time. The whole team yeah. came up there, all their family and kids. Well, that's and, nice. yeah. you, know, and you know Andy, too. So he was, you know, all the kids were there. I guarantee you he was over in the corner with all the kids. Well, you know, kind oh, of yeah. a funny story. They love so, him. So my brother's kids came along as well, and they so they call me Crazy Uncle Andy. And there's about 30 kids there. And so they all start calling me Uncle Andy. And then the neighbor comes over and goes, are you really the uncle to all these kids? <laughs> It's kind no, of funny. No, but I am crazy. <laughs> but, yes, yes. Yeah, that's the correct part. Well, how was the week, though, in real estate? Real estate world was crazy. Yeah. Again, uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, picked up, and we're in full swing. For sure. Yeah, we had uh, good showings all week. Uh, everything that we listed sold in hours, not days. So it's been good. Um, you know, it's it's actually it's – What market segment is that? Um, Well, under four, under 500. Okay. I had everything that was in the three to 500 range this week that went on and went off pretty quick. But it was, um, you know, doing your homework, making sure you're priced right, um, you know, so that uh, people come in and make the offers easier. I think the the old strategy of let's overprice it just because they're going to lowball us, it doesn't work that way. Right now, you list a house if you're fair, you're going to get asking or a little bit above, and and you know the appraisers have been working wonderfully um, with us this spring and uh, summer so far, and um, haven't had any appraisal issues yet, so it's been good. I was doing some market analysis this week and. Uh, it was really interesting seeing some of the listings and how, like, within 14 or 20 days, how many people reduce their price. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened is a lot of people are coming in and saying, you know what? Gosh, there's not much on the market. Let's, Let's try it. it. Let's yep. go for it. But the problem is, is that, I mean, you're almost doing the opposite, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone's going to flock on it at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going to say, oh, geez, you know what? It's it's 525. And if it was Four ninety nine or five ten, they would fight over it. They yeah. would fight over it, and you'd probably get over five twenty five. But mm-hmm. then, if you make them think about it, and then all of a sudden, three weeks later, it's still sitting there. Well, but that's the old psychology of they. they uh, and I understand that you're worried that you're leaving money on the table. That in this market, I should be taking advantage of the market, 
And the thing is, is that the market isn't a finicky place. I mean, it's the only reason the 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 reason why it is the way it is is because the inventories are low. It's not because there's crazy things happening, and you know, I, you know, what I'm saying it's like it's totally. it, it's only because there's low demand. So be careful when you're being a little bit aggressive on your pricing because I don't think I think it's going to turn on you pretty fast. If it, I don't think low demand is not the right word. I, oh, excuse me. Yeah, low, low inventory, supply, low inventory, but there's high demand. Crazy. And demand, so yeah. yeah, and so what happens is that uh, we just listed one in, in downtown, right in Tangletown here, and mm-hmm. we had seven showings set up right away for today. Mm-hmm. You know, in that 500 range and. Uh, so there, there's a ton of demand and inventory is low. But like you said, you know, we have to, you know, help these sellers, you know, kind of get past themselves sometimes. Yep. But everyone's talking about it. You see it in the papers. You see it in the, mm-hmm. on TV and everything is the greatest thing in the world. And uh, but you still people aren't aren't being dumb anymore. You know, I, I think. Nope. Early in the 2000s, 2004, I mean, people mm-hmm. were crazy, and they were just grabbing anything because they never thought it would end. Well, you know, and I think, too, that the uh, when you come down to the different pockets, there there are, like, with, uh, you know, pricing. And we wanted – I think everybody was hoping that new construction was going to really pick up. Um, even though we are back to pre-recession numbers, we've produced over 15,000 units um, in the last 12 months here. So, and, and over 60% of that was actually single family, which is really good. I just read that this last week. So – Single families coming back, but here's the thing: it only can fulfill so much because the pricing we can't fulfill that two fifty to you know or that under two hundred three hundred thousand. It just doesn't exist. So, tell you what, uh, we have to interrupt uh, briefly. The National Weather Service here in the Twin Cities has issued a flash flood warning for southeastern Carver County in east central Minnesota. Up to four inches of rain have already fallen. Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly. Some locations that will experience flooding include the town of Carver itself. Additional rainfall amounts, two to three inches, are possible in that area. All right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. We'll let you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, spinning the flood into a a real estate thing um, seems crazy, but I'm telling you, we we run into this later on when they say, hey, remember when you guys had that flood in Carver? It's not a bad thing to snap some photos and to have those photos to be able to really show what really did happen. And that if it was this, you know, crazy flood that happened, you know, and, and we didn't get any water, you know, some people might not believe it, but those pictures uh, make a big difference. They really do. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> as, I'm looking at the, as I'm looking at the Let's map, celebrate. I just couldn't believe that's a lot of rain, man. <laughs> yeah, so I is. was looking at oh, the... The old weather uh, app here. Hey, the Artist at Home Tour is happening. There's three weekends. Um, These are, uh, you know, pretty high-test homes. Uh, You have to pay to go into them. But uh, if you go to Bachman's or Holiday, you can get into all of the houses. You can go into each individual house for $5, or you go to Bachman's or Holiday, you can get uh, a $20 ticket, and that gets you into everything. Mm. But I think what's neat is what they're doing this year is they're doing a lot of theme nights. I think there was a wine night last night, and then there's a – the breweries are going to do another one. They're on like Friday nights. Mm. So check that out. But there's some beautiful houses. And then that money goes to help uh, the Builders Association uh, do some stuff too. Awesome. Yeah. You guys doing any of that fun stuff? You know, Artisan? we, we uh, have not yet. We've talked about it. I mean, like you said, that, that is a price point that usually is a little bit above um, some of the stuff that I'm doing. But it uh, doesn't mean that we couldn't. But what great ideas. <laughs> You know, that you you can get from those. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's just taking like that little um, wine cellar 
Mm-hmm. You know that, and and maybe some aspects from these two three million dollar homes in that wine cellar, mm-hmm. and put it in your five hundred thousand dollar home, mm-hmm. and it totally separates your home from everyone else. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I think that's being done now, even with the existing market where they're repurposing. We've talked about this a couple shows back, where taking those rooms and repurposing them into fun new usable spaces, taking maybe an old dining area that you don't use and repurposing it into an office, or having you know that guest room on the front of the house, or or something that suits your family's needs. And and that's what I use a lot of these shows, the new construction. They have the newest, latest products, the newest and the latest, greatest efficiencies. Um, you know what I mean? And then you incorporate those into your existing home to add value. And I think it's a it's a great uh, way to see that stuff. It's interesting because now they're doing all those. Uh, now it's, it's going to get me, but what, what do we plug our phones into? What are these little things again? You guys? USB? Yeah, USB. Yeah. So the, in the USB, and they're like changing the outlets out. Wizard. You know? And there's so there's USB ports yeah. that you do. I mean, you could do those in your existing houses. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of things that we end up using for marketing to be able to try to differentiate your home. So I can just see you walking into a hardware store saying, I want something One to plug these. this into. Yeah, just like I did. You, you answered, did you? So, hey, we got some Bay Equity boys here today, Russell Hillier awesome. and Matt Bjorgum. Uh, also known as Maddie B. Maddie B. actually was on this show uh, before you and I were, Mr. Prasky. What? Yeah, he was here at the he original like real estate radio hour. Back with uh, Walgrave and uh, Ryan uh, Yardley. Ryan Yardley. Yeah. Oh, years cool. ago. I was running a modification business at the time. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so. And Russell's been with us uh, quite a few times. We're going to end up talking... Uh, about things that are misunderstood during the transaction, whether or not it's mm. from a, a financing part, but it's a lot of the questions that we get quite a bit, and obviously phones and yeah, text cool. messages. Well, as we head to the break, let me give our phone number again if you have a real estate question. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Back with more of The Real Estate Show here on 830-WCCO. And welcome back to The Real Estate Show. Uh, get a text. Thoughts on North Oaks or Sunfish Lake? Very secluded, $1 million uh, homes. I know mm-hmm. Sunfish Lake well. Um, sold a couple in there for people, and uh, it's a fantastic area. It's close to St. Thomas. Now it's yep. close to the Vikings facility. Yep. Um, it's just a real good location to kind of uh, take off. And so and it's a just a little community and uh, pretty neat right right next to Mendota Heights there. Yeah, and North Oaks on our end of town is a fantastic area as well, very private. I think I don't think a lot of people, you know, if you've ever uh, had the opportunity to drive through there, there's a lot of seclusion up there as well. A lot of the lots are bigger. They're acreage lots. The new stuff being built on is not that your typical, you know, third acre kind of city stuff, and they're building the million and a half dollar houses on them, but there's in the older part of, of North Oaks actually is, is stunning. Yeah, no, it's a neat area. Okay, um, the misunderstanding, uh, most misunderstood things in a, in a transaction, uh, a lot of th- times that I hear are the comparisons or difference between online valuations, mm-hmm. market value, appraised value, and tax value, okay? And a lot of people use those different ones. So why don't we just kind of explain all of those, starting with online valuations. Online evaluation, I would say, kind of dips back into using the public information, so the last time the house was sold or refinanced or any time there was something that was recorded of record, um, they, they take that information and try to come up with an evaluation. And homes in that general area. Mm-hmm. And yep. they'll cross-reference that with exactly with the trends that they're seeing there for home values. Um, you know, and, and then what I always recommend everybody do is look at the disclaimers that are on all of those websites that will literally come down to your zip code by law because there was back in the day there were some issues where they were challenged by their valuation. So they were asked to publish their percentage of accuracy. 
some communities are really good, some are really bad, but it uh, ultimately is, a, is an entertainment tool, not a actual evaluation tool. And typically we're talking about like a Zillow or a Trulia, Realtor.com. Yep. Those, those kind of do these online valuations. Does that determine the value of the home? Well, it, it's consumer perception now. That this is the this is the biggest challenge I have is that you know when you have you know uh, a couple of years ago they had the president of the United States talking on Zillow about housing, and it drove me crazy because there's no other than you know talking just for the fun of it. I mean, there that is not the official go to site for values. It's not. It's owned by guys like us, and yeah. then they sell the leads to people. You you pay to be on Zillow as a realtor. You're not there because you're good. You're there because you pay. And then you, you know, I'm not trying to make fun of it, but it's the truth. But it's a real good search site. They've obviously got it out there. A lot of people look on that. But I don't think you should, you know, hey, that house is worth this because Zillow says it is. Well, correct. And I mean, I'm not, and again, I'm not taking, you know, anything away from them. But when they're traded like that, they're a Wall Street company that basically comes up with, they put a lot of money into uh, all the algorithms and study it and try to put the best value they can forward. Okay. So then tax value. Tax value is that obviously our little assessor um, uh, assesses the home, and they say a tax value. Now, what it used to be, um, when my mom and dad were in the business, I remember, because I said, how do, you, how do you figure out how to do these houses, you know? And it was always back then, it was whatever your tax value was times 10%. Mm-hmm. And then that's what you'd list the house at. You know, but obviously now since the internet age, we've got a lot more information to be able to mm-hmm. work with, you know, and, and look at. So mm-hmm. tax value is that. Appraised value, and Russell, you can probably um, shoot in here, but... Um, the appraised value is really what? Yeah, that's definitely what uh, is what we as lenders are going to go off of when determining the uh, the value of, of a property. And that's basically looking at comparables in the area that are similar to the property and the subject property and um, kind of bracketing it with some a little bit higher square footage, some lower room count, so on and so forth, and um, comparable sales and kind of bracket that to come with a come in with a, a final value. But here's another misnomer that for you guys to finance it, it has to praise for what that sale price is. That doesn't have to happen. You got to adjust some things. But. Correct. Yeah. If, um, if it doesn't come into the sales price, um, that's definitely something that should be discussed up front between the list, listing agent, the, the buyer's agent and the lender and kind of go over the, the what ifs. And, and if it comes in, Ten grand light. What are we going to do then? And make sure that you have a plan for that. But on the lending side, that does not cut us off. That does not mean it's a it's a done deal as long as we have our ducks in a row up front. Matty B, you going to add on to that? Yeah, I've had a few in the last uh, last you know call it six months that when they've wrote the offer, they're going in and multi. It's kind of talking about Andy uh, was saying that you have that hard time below that three hundred mark. You got people that are going in and competing, and your you know highest and best offer due by seven p.m. two days from now, and you're constantly counseling with the client and also the other agent like well hey do you think it's going to do you think it's going to actually comp out that high because the appraisal still has to come in you guys can offer whatever you want on a house but i want to make sure that my buyer is protected my client is protected that says hey if this doesn't work there has to be some some, some significant gives to make this still come together but on the other side mm-hmm. from like me protecting my seller you know it's kind of like hey we got in these multiple offers you're willing to do that you know come up with the money then you know, yeah. if it if your if your financing or your bank doesn't uh, or mortgage company doesn't say that that's what it appraised for, because what's really happening is that the houses 
are the sales are not catching up with what the market is right now. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. That. So so sometimes we just have to delay the closing to get some others ones to close that maybe put down more money. But uh, that's I think on both sides, I think everyone's quick to think, and this is kind of the misunderstanding out there, quick to think that, hey, if it doesn't appraise, the seller better go down to that sale price mm-hmm. or uh, it's a done deal. Well, I, and I agree a thousand percent. So you guys, what we're all saying is we've all been around these transactions. First thing I'll do is with uh, multiple offers when they all come in over asking prices, I say that uh, you agree to pay up to, let's say, $5,000, $10,000 above the actual list price towards the appraisal if this comes in under. So so basically that buyer coming in is going to pay $10,000 extra in cash or $5,000 extra in cash above what the original list price was because – you know, Chris and I, when we list houses, we don't we don't guess those numbers. Those are factual numbers. We're putting we think of it just like an appraiser does. We go for you know same size foundations, same style of house within a mile of that house. You know, so we're doing comps that are actual real comparisons to establish that value. Now, the demand part, like Chris is talking about here, is the demand is the only thing that's pushing it above that price. You know, and and then the banks are saying, no, 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 no. We you know you may want to pay it, but then pay it out of your savings account, not out of our lending. So. Back before this um, this market here, um, you ran into that a lot. If mm-hmm. if the appraisal didn't if the appraisal didn't come in, you know it was just kind of like the buyers always expected the sellers to come down. But in this market here, I'm seeing it more and more and more that upfront that's discussed and saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, if we're going over list price, if this doesn't come in, do you agree to pay that difference?" You and as it. a lender, we would we can definitely do that. We can definitely still facilitate that financing. We need to take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go. If you would like to ask your um, question of real estate, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to our real estate show. If you do happen to have a real estate type of question, 651-989-9226 or send a text. We have a bunch of those, 81807. Here again, Chris and Andy. Andy, you can talk. <laughs> uh, you're the one that wanted to talk about. I mean, we are oh, having sorry. problems. I mean, and you want to try to give some of these buyers a glimmer of hope. Uh, Matty B was just talking about in break that he had a um, a guy that uh, was a VA buyer, right? Yep. So I had a VA buyer. Um, How many deals did he lose? Sixteen. Lost out on sixteen. Sixteen houses that he. You know, sixteen it, pre-approval letters. Yeah, and it's kind of a rom- it's kind of a romance. You go out and you find a house. You kind of got to fall in love with it to be the to, for it to say I'm going to live here. This is going to be my place. It's rare um, someone can hang in that long. It, well, that's that's a veteran for you. So some intestinal fortitude. So uh, we ended up uh, <laughs> going back and re-looking at his his situation. He has some money. He wanted to use his VA benefit because he went and has fought for our country. We ended up going and getting his offer accepted, doing a 5% down conventional product, which is mortgage insurance, just not as great of a deal for him, but got it accepted with that, made it through inspection, and once that was done, we did go back and talk with the sellers like, hey, everything is good on our end, but this is a veteran who would like to use his benefit. Are you guys cool with that? And it was fine after it was, you know, the the initial offer was accepted, inspection was good. I, I was able to call the the selling agent and say, hey, here's why we're doing this and here's how good he is. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the other thing, too. I mean, VA mortgages are like golden. Yeah. I mean, when you're doing them, yeah. they're, I mean, there's some of the – the quickest, fastest ones that that we deal with all the time. Some people get worried that oh, they're going to call this and call that, but I've never had an issue. Well, with they that. they still have a bad rap from back a few years when they were tougher yeah. to get approved and the appraisals were hard and they were coming back with conditions. And but that's not true at all. They're one of the best loans out there. 
They Andy, absolutely yeah. are. Andy, you said something a couple weeks ago, and I was—I I still remembered it. It was—it was good. You wrote it down on your hand. I did, but it's—it's it's a way in which to be able to maybe kind of move yourself out because we—we've talked a lot about pricing segments. Mm. There's segments that are hot mm-hmm. and that they go and they and they push the price up, but then maybe on each end of those pricing segments is not so hot, and you can get some really good deals. It's going to ask the guys. Um, how can we, you know, maybe instead of that buyer that's trying to get, you know, that three hundred, how can we push them up to three fifty and uh, maybe get a real good bargain? Obviously, I mean, qualifying mm-hmm. is there a way to do that? Well, yeah, there's definitely various different ways of doing that. You know, obviously, once again, I've always said on the show, it, it's it's good discovery up front, knowing the the knowing the buyer's capabilities, their their assets, their resources, and, mm-hmm. and what they can and cannot do. And maximizing that by structuring it properly up front, whether that's putting a little bit more down Mm -hmm. to lower the debt ratio to get them into that higher bracket, or maybe starting with, uh, this is kind of a swear word, but starting with an arm and just so that's going to lower the monthly payment and getting them into that higher bracket with a lower debt ratio. And another, there's also things you can do with mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. There's single pay mortgage insurance. There's split pay Paid mortgage front, yeah. insurance. So that's just lowers keeps once again gets that payment lower, so you can go higher in price. Mm-hmm. Matt, it be everyone said arm was a, a a swear word before, but I mean that's, that's a really good product. It's a good product. Um, I don't do as many adjustable rate mortgages as uh, I do my thirty years, but it's a great product. It's definitely an option to do that. I've had a lot more clients who've gotten more money savvy who have said when we're pulling a credit report, well, hey, what if I paid off my car? What if I paid off this debt? So they're starting mm-hmm. to know this stuff like um, that they need to be more conscious of. I want more house. I have things I can take care of that's less money for me to pay mm-hmm. off the car than it would be to try to figure out how I'm going to put all that much more down on the house. More good debt, less bad debt, right? I mean, I Correct. think that that's something that a lot of people don't really understand is that they all think of it as it's all a bunch of payments. Well, that's for not sure. necessarily the for case. For sure, especially with, you know, rates are still at a historic low right now. But a couple of years back when rates were in the low threes and when we talked about adjustable rate mortgages, it was like, why would you ever do that mm-hmm. when rates right. are so low right now? But so they're coming back into play a little bit as the market, as the rates start to increase in the market here a little bit. Hmm. Yep. Okay, got a, a two-part text question here. How do you know when it's time to refinance? Hmm. It's always a good time to check with somebody. Um, it's like going to the dentist. You go to the dentist uh, if you have a dental plan twice a year to get a ch- to get a checkup. It never hurts to have a good mortgage person that you're lined with. Get an application in. Get a credit report. You get a few of them for free every year. Get that part done. If it's time to go to the dentist and get drilled on, find out you have a cavity. We'll help you fix that. If you don't have any cavities, we'll check back with you again in six months. I think a lot of people, though, fear that pulling my credit will lower my score, lower my score. And so how do you how do you do that in a healthy perspective? Well, the thing is with with inquiries, it's it's very it's it's good to be aware of of that of inquiries on your credit, but it all depends on the type of inquiry it is. Mortgage inquiries aren't going to hurt you as bad as say a credit card, okay? Mm-hmm. Because you're not likely to go out and have three mortgage inquiries and get three mortgages versus. Mm-hmm. Three credit card inquiries. Yeah, you're probably going to be taking credit out three cards. credit cards, right? right. But um, so, with with that being said, like Maddie said, it's just kind of 
making sure that you're in line with uh, a loan officer that's going to follow up with you a, t- mm-hmm. a couple times a year. And everyone has the, that old rule of thumb. You have to lower your rate by at least 1% or 2% for it to make sense. That is, uh, that's completely untrue. Mm-hmm. Back um, when houses cost twenty five dollars to $50,000, that made a lot more sense. We're, we're well beyond that now. And to kind of talk about the question Andy had with the credit inquiries, our company, we do have the ability to do what's called a soft pull where we're only pulling three credit bureaus. We're not dinging their credit with a hard inquiry. And when you pull two credit bureaus, you're most likely getting that middle credit score we're going to use anyways. Mm -hmm. And you're just taking that peek just to say, hey, let's see what's going on. That's absolutely correct. Second part of that question. Also, what do you think the forecast is for the real estate market in the Twin Cities in the next two years? It's good. It's going. Oh, yeah. Good. I think we're three to five years out. So that's good. Hey, uh, what do you think of this? And is this legal? My daughter and son-in-law are paying for closing costs on their house that they sold. And they're also paying closing costs on the new home being built in Isanti and all by the same realtor. Well, first of all, there's, I mean, this is one of the misunderstood things in real estate that when you're selling a house, the seller has closing costs and the buyer has closing costs. Typically, the buyer has it because they need to get a loan and got to pay for the loan. And the seller does it because they're typically paying the realtor and some other costs. Sometimes it's negotiated that the buyer asks the seller in which to pay those closing costs. Mm-hmm. You know, so this circumstance that they sold and had to pay the buyer's closing costs as well and then went on the next house and, and built the house and had to pay for closing costs on that is not unusual at all. Not at all. Not at all. Well, all it's, the it's a bottom line thing. And plus that buyer may need that assistance to make that transaction happen. Right. It's very, it's very common for to ask for seller paid closing costs. And that really goes back to what we were talking about earlier about appraisals coming in short. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that's a negotiating tool if you run into that. If the sellers have agreed to pay 3% towards the mm-hmm. purchase price um, as, as seller closing costs. Right. And, you know, one thing to real quick think about, there may be a buyer out there with a buyer's agent going around and no matter what deal they do, they have to have seller paid right. closing costs. So they're going to go into every transaction, no matter what it is or how it's structured, they need those closing costs paid. We'll take this break. Be back with more of The Real Estate Show here on 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on 830 WCCO. If you do have that type of a question, real estate that is, 651-989-9226 or uh, send a text, 81807. Uh, guys, we got uh, callers, texters as well. Jeff is first up from St. Louis Park. Uh, Jeff, what is your question, please? Uh, well, one qu- I want to write down your phone number, first of all. That's uh, so how I can contact you. I've got a condo that's paid off, and I'm looking around for townhouses and condos. And when I go to Zillow, uh, all I get are houses, even if I put in condos, townhouses. So I don't have any hmm. sense of the market. Yeah. And, of, of course, it helped to meet with you. Yeah. Well, so, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you the number so everyone yeah. can write this down. 952 952- Two two six 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 nine nine. Two two six 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 nine nine. Then uh, Andy and I can and certainly help with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. We have a thing called the Multiple Listing Service and uh, the Regional MLS, where all the data is in there. That's what everyone gets their data from is from our MLS. The weird thing is, is uh, sometimes it's syndicated differently into different websites, mm-hmm. and it changes things. I mean, we have that on Zillow quite a bit, yep. where it'll all of a sudden, I mean, we got a five-bedroom, five-bath, and all of a sudden they'll say it's five bedrooms, two baths. Right. We're like, what? And we can't, right. we don't do nothing about that, but it switches it, and then we have to send in a ticket to do Well, that. and sometimes, too, within condo buildings, there's a lot of inner um, sales within the building 
where it's one buyer or one, you know, buying from the other and there's no record of sale. So then we actually go down to the county. We can actually pull those tax records as well and we can see who sold recently and get you some uh, comparables to look at there too. And what is good? I mean, the condo, uh, the condo and townhouse market kind of in that inner ring of the metro is hot, hot, hot. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're in good shape, Jeff. We'd appreciate the call. How about a text? Okay. Should an underpriced home in Hopkins with a pool be pulled off the market now in order to relist later in the summer with our short season? If it's an hmm. underpriced home with a pool. Is that an agent pool, or a homeowner? It must be a, I don't know. Okay. It must be a, a homeowner. But, I mean, if it's underpriced. It'd be I sold. Mean, yeah, it'd be sold. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, with it's a not pool. A, I'm just telling you right now. I'll be, I'll be the one that gives you the tough medicine. It's not underpriced if it's still for sale right now. Yeah. It, it's, it's probably pushing the market or you're underconditioned, which I know sometimes that's hard to hear, guys and gals. But if your house is not the prettiest house at the best price, it doesn't sell. And so there's that, you know. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too. I say sometimes with mm-hmm. a pool, in certain price markets, it becomes a detriment. Yeah. There's other areas that it becomes a good thing because what happens is that if it's on a lower priced area, they can't afford to run it. Right. You know, and so now it becomes an expense and, and kind of a worry for people. Mm-hmm. As you get up into the more upper bracket, it becomes like, oh my gosh, it's got a pool. I'd have to pay a hundred grand to put it in. It's mm-hmm. only going to cost me thirty thousand more in this house. Well, we had one in Maple Grove last year where the it was a beautiful pool, but they, they the kids had moved on and nobody's really swam in the pool for years. And the pool kind of had that look to it where it was just tired. And they went through there, resurfaced the top of their concrete, actually went in and put a new liner in the pool, and then they put a new heater in. So the pool, when people stick their hand in there, it was nice and warm. House sold right away. It was, it was it, the money that they invested back into it. But, it, I mean, they spent probably ten grand. But now that house sold within hours instead of weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Here we got, uh, you guys, what is a piggyback mortgage and how is it used? Once at Russell? All right, uh, a piggyback mortgage. Actually, this is um, a very good question because it goes back to what Andy was talking about earlier about getting somebody to that next bracket. Um, a piggyback mortgage is using using two separate mortgages and a down payment in order to secure financing and maybe get away from paying that PMI, uh, that mortgage insurance. So you can do an eighty percent first mortgage, do a ten percent second. So that eighty percent first mortgage on a conventional loan keeps you away from that PMI. Do a ten percent second mortgage. And then maybe put ten percent down. It's all about planning, exactly. you know. Like you guys said, I exactly. mean, Maddie B, you said something about refinancing. You're checking on it because your circum your circumstances changes a lot, and it might be, hey, you got some credit card debt. You, you might have the same exact interest rate, or maybe even a little higher. But after you get rid of that credit card debt, it's a better deal. Yeah, last year my uh, my goal last year was a million dollars worth mm-hmm. of equity back to borrowers to be able to do something constructive in their life with. I hit that number yeah, cool. at about September. And I had clients who rehabbed houses. I had clients who paid off debts. I had clients who bought cabins. I got clients who bought investment properties. But it was all about, you know, how do you use the equity you currently have to do something better for yourself? I liked your program uh, that you're doing this year where you're giving out the free salmon fillets that uh, that you caught to every buyer. <laughs> I love you. Where'd that come from? Okay, here's another one. Here's, a, here's kind of a glorious day, I guess, is what documents will the mortgage company provide to the homeowner when a mortgage is paid in full? And then what becomes of the escrow balance? Obviously, anything on the escrow that's left over, you'll get a check back within 30 days? Correct. Actually, actually with, with your escrow, your lender is going to do a review every, every single year and, and adjust that balance. If there's any overages, they're going to send it back to you. Um, if there's anything um, owed, they're gonna, <laughs> your, your escrow payments are going to go up. Yeah, and with, uh, with having an escrow account paying a mortgage off, uh, at that point in time, the, any money that's there, 
and your mortgage is done. They're refunding that back to you, and then it now becomes your responsibility. You're now in charge of your taxes. You're now in charge of your homeowner's insurance. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. And the mortgage company will file a satisfaction uh, with the county. And so you should you should get a copy of that yeah, as get well. A copy of that. But Make if sure. you don't, you know, I would just stay on that company because what some people do is, oh, I paid it off and forget about it, and then we go to sell it five years later, and they never got that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So kind of important. That was uh, a nightmare back in the day when everybody was refinancing every six, several oh, times with clients. Oh, yeah, okay. where they would have you know five six mortgages they've refinanced over the years, and then those servicers were gone, and the banks were out of business. And we couldn't, and I mean, we have escrow accounts for, you know, $20,000 out there because they couldn't show they paid off the, the you know, six mortgages they had. Yeah, back in the uh, the time of our foreclosure crisis, back mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, and 10, it was, uh, I was running a modification business and we yeah. dealt with it every single day. Like, it was crazy. And they were selling, and they were literally transferring these bad mortgages all, you know, kind of like the hot potato thing. Like, yeah. here, you take yeah. it now. Here, no, you take it now. Right. Andy, we're constantly getting new listings. I've got some listings that are unbelievable. Mm. I, I really do. And it's, they're kind of the listings that are <laughs> the ones that you didn't think you were going to move. And now you're going to go move because once you really? see them, yes, I did. T- t- I'm, I'm serious. Well, just go to chrisrudy.com and you're going to find them. But no, I, I'm, I'm totally serious. You don't, you know, when we talk about, I mean, on some of the upper bracket homes, uh-huh. people don't want to have them, have them held open. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of those homes that people are just kind of curious and they see it and they go, oh, yeah. my gosh, I didn't know this was out there and let's grab it. But if you didn't have an open house, they wouldn't have done it. So well, I think what's nice, too, Chris, is it gives people an opportunity to get into a property, see what you get for that price, right? And so open houses, I think, are one of the best tools out there because when you are in the house, you get the feeling, you get the views, you, you experience how the house, you know, just the vibe of the house. That nothing beats that. I mean, open houses are by far the best tool out there. Thanks, Andy. Other than your printed brochures that you spend a lot of money on. All right, Bay Equity guys, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, Russell Hillier with Bay Equity at 952-288-4223 or www.mortgageman.info. Mm. Mortgageman.info. I like wow. it. Wow. And Maddie, you B, top that, Maddie B. Yeah, Maddie B at Bay Equity. Um, my uh, direct number is nine five two two six one five four two two. If you go to www.bayequityhomeloan forward slash Matt hyphen Biorgum or I win. Or, yeah, Google. Go, <laughs> or Google you that. go to Russell's Call. website and please put in that Matt Bjorgum referred you. <laughs> Ask for the fish, the, uh, fish fillets there. The guy's a heck of a fisherman. That's I, uh, I do go to Alaska every summer. We bring back salmon. We host sushi parties for clients that we do closings with. It's That's awesome. awesome. It That's really awesome. is. And, uh, or we can just go to Prasky.com and yep. we can get a hold of these guys. We're, we're, and we're actually, if, you, if you're in that three fifty dollars to $500,000 price range right now, anywhere north and west metro, call us. We have literally hundreds of buyers, it seems like right now. It's crazy. Awesome. I dozens. I'd say, I shouldn't say hundreds, dozens. <laughs> These <laughs> guys are laughing at me as I'm saying it. We have lots of buyers. All right. I think we're probably out of time. Yeah, now, two so. weeks from today, I know we have to run. Two weeks from today, we're going to be in the fairgrounds I know. at the Back to the 50s thing at our CCO Broadcast Center, kind of warming up for the fair. Are we going to be in a car? Well, I don't know. The one you graduated in? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, we'll be back next week, ahead of that, certainly, with more of the Real Estate Show here on the CCO. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies, like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.